Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Gap Church, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Uh, my name is David Oluwadara Ropatusin, and I'm super excited. I'm a, I'm a leader here at the Gap Church. I'm excited to bring the word today. Um, super, super excited. Um, we've been in a series called Possessing the Land. Amen? Amen? Possessing the Land, and we've been fasting and praying, coming here every single day for the past two weeks now. So shout out to those that have been coming through. May the Lord bless your consistency. Um, and today we're on day 14, man, 14 days, 14 days, 14 days is not easy. Um, and so I believe that, uh, God has given us strength in this season for this fast and we're finishing strong this week. Amen. Uh, I sense a high level of authority coming upon us uh, in this week right now because I believe we're going to really decree a lot of things and and God will honor what we decree, amen? So um, we're going to go right into it. I don't want to waste any time because I sense uh, the Lord wants to do something specific, I don't know, uh, in this service. So I want us to open our Bibles, Joshua 1, 1 to 3, Joshua 1, 1 to 3, Joshua 1, 1 to 3, uh, Joshua 1, 1 to 3. When it's on the screen, say it's on the screen. There we go. Um, So, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. Moses' assistant saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land, which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Bless the reading of God's word. At this moment in Joshua, what is happening right now is uh, Joshua is having a, uh, a conversation with God. And prior to this, his mentor, uh, Moses, has just passed away, has gone to glory. And he's about to lead the people. He's now given the opportunity to lead the people into the promised land, a land that they should have been in a long time ago. Many may see this as a time That makes no sense because it's like, wow, after 40 years, after all the things that have happened in the promised land or happened in the wilderness, now they have to walk into this promised land. And so as a reader and someone who has read the journey of the Israelites, you start to think to yourself, wow, after all that time, they're finally going to get to go to the promised land. You start to look at all the negatives that happened. Wow, you know, God delivered them, split the sea was a cloud by day, the fire by night. But they complained. God brought manna. They still complained. They even built a golden calf and worshiped that. Every every reason we can look at and say, well, finally, they're there. They're finally about to walk into the promised land. And so as I was studying the scripture, God had given me some understanding that Yes, the experience of the Israelites was not pleasant, and the experience was also to be frowned upon in some ways, right? But there's many lessons that we can learn from their experience. God allowed me to understand that in the experience of the children of Israel, we were able to, if you really look at it, you're able to learn what the responsibilities are for someone who is ready to possess a land. What does that mean? As someone who is possessing the land, you have a responsibility. And there's responsibilities that if you do not do those things, you may not be able to possess your land. One. Or number two, you may possess your land but become a slave in your land. Or number three, you may just miss it out and somebody else take your place. If you're taking notes today, the title of my message is Cry Out. Cry Out. Everybody say that. Cry out. Some of the things that God stuck out to me, even as I was reading scripture, as some of the responsibilities that we as believers, as we and sons and daughters have to have when it comes to possessing our land or walking into our next. Because possessing the land can mean for some of us going into a new job, a new sector. It can be for some of us starting a business. 
it may not necessarily be purchasing a land. By God's grace, that would be the testimony of some people here. Amen. It may not necessarily be that actual tangible phrase, but it may point to a transition of greater, a transition of more responsibility, a transition of more anointing, a transition of purpose. Amen. And so some of the responsibilities that God pointed out to me is, number one, as one who is possessing the land, your responsibility before you even possess that land is that you have to understand what is the culture that you're going to bring into the land. What is the culture that you will bring into that land? It's important you know this because if you don't have a culture, you'll be drowned by the culture already in the land. As we've said in, certain, in, in past weeks, there are certain places that God is calling you to possess that already have someone there occupying the position, but it has your name on it. So imagine, if they're in that position, what if they made the law of the land? What if they made the culture of the land? What if they made the God of the land? In Scripture, we see this. One of the first things that God does with the children of Israel is he establishes his law. A lot of us know the Ten Commandments, right? He establishes his law because the reality is this. As children of God, we are to be set apart, right? So we have to have a set-apart culture. So he, he, he gives them a law. Such a detailed law. And I believe this is a framework for how we are to be for people who are going to possess the land. What is going to be our law in the land? What is our priorities? Wherever we're walking to, whatever we're going into the next level, what are we bringing to the table? If you're starting a business, what is the culture of your business that makes your business different from everybody else's? Are you more transparent? I own a production company, and I remember one of the biggest things I always say is whenever I have to shoot weddings, I always say that I pray on the couple because I don't want no divorces attached to my company. That's the culture I have. For some people, they may just have a culture of whoever I, get, whoever I book, I shoot. Whatever happens to them, happens to them. That's cool. That's their law. But for me, my law is that everyone that comes through my company will be happily married. Right? And so what is the culture that you're bringing to the land? Number two, the responsibility of someone who's possessing the land, you have to understand that you have to be equipped. What are you equipping yourself with? You cannot walk into your land and you cannot say you're possessing your land and be empty-handed. Many of us are in school right now, or maybe we are post-grads. And God wants to take us to a place of influence, but it's going to require extra certifications, an extra master's degree, an extra PhD. Because that is what's needed for equipping yourself for the land you're going to. You must have to go through the sacrifice of being well equipped because when you get to that land and you're trying to equip it or you're trying to possess it, there's, there's going to be people who may have some of the same things you have, who may be smarter than you. If you're not careful, you'll walk into the land saying, oh, I have this degree and I have, you know, some experience here and there. And you'll be going against somebody who's had miles of PhDs and all this stuff. And just by looking at it on paper, you already disqualified yourself. How are you going to equip yourself when it comes to possessing the land? Like I said, it may have to be a certification. You might have to make your business official, start paying taxes. <laughs> yeah, because that, that's the push that you need to take your business seriously now. What are you equipping yourself with? In Scripture, we see the children of Israel were well-equipped. Of course, they had God on their side, but if you see in Scripture, even when they walked around the wall of Jericho, what was in front? The Ark of the Covenant, a symbolism of God's presence and his power. We even see later in scripture during the time of Eli that they trusted so much in the Ark of the Covenant. That's what they, that, that was the weapon. Unfortunately, they abused it, but the reality is that they knew that that was their weapon. So what is your weapon as you're equipping and possessing your land? Number three, when it comes to 
possessing the land, your responsibility is that you have to know who and what is in the land right now. Who and what? Who and what? You have to do your research. Where you want to be, where God has called you to, who's there right now? I'm not saying this is a competition. I want you to know who's there and analyze it as far as what is their personality? Who are the people around them? What is their culture, right? What do they put in place? This can be as simple as if you want to be a politician in Arlington or in DFW, look at who's, who's there. Who's, what are the parties looking like? What are the representations looking like? Do people look like you, like people that look like you? Are they there? Do a deep analysis of who is in the land that I'm supposed to occupy. The sector that I'm going to, engineering, entertainment, people, that there's someone, is there someone there that has my place? What, what are they doing? What are the connections they have? Because the reality is that you have to know who you're taking your land from. Let's be real. Like I said, someone can be occupying the position, but your name is on it. So they can be cute. They can be funny. They can be all friendly. Oh, you know, come see what I'm doing. But the reality is that they're in your place. Don't get too familiar with it. Trust me. The enemy is slick. He'll trick you out of possessing your land with character and, and charisma. Oh, I thought you were going to uh, start your business. Yeah, I was, but I met this other vendor and I met this other person and they're really cool and they want to collaborate now. <laughs> they want to collaborate now. That's not supposed to be your partner. That's the person that holds your place. Yeah. That's the hospital I'm supposed to be working in. Okay, all right, cool. Um, I can hook you up, you know, to, to uh, you know, maybe be friends with those people. You know, you meet the person. They're like, oh, you know, you're such an amazing person. You would really be great in this position here as like an assistant. No, I wasn't called to an assistant. I wasn't called to be an assistant in this sector. Oh, yeah, you'd be really good with raising funds for my party. I wasn't called to raise funds. I was called to lead. Who and what is in the land? You always have to realize and check and do the research on who is in your sector. It's just like in school. Before we have a professor, what do you do? We go to rate my professor, right? Right. It's the same thing. I want to see all the feedback. I want to see everything that, that the person has. There's some things that you can also take from what they have. But there's some things that you're going to have to dismantle. Number four. For someone who's possessing the land, a key responsibility that you have to pray for God to bring to you and discernment for is who are going to be your allies? Who are your allies? In scripture, we see that God equips Moses with Aaron. Moses, one of Moses' complaints is that I can't speak. Well, God said, I'm going to send, I'm sending Aaron to help you speak. Who is going to be there when you are possessing your land, holding up your arms in battery, battle, holding up your voice when you can't speak, praying for you when you can't pray anymore? Who is going to be your ally through the, everything? Who can you trust in? There's not that many people. Trust me, God is, God is your greatest ally, but you need men. Don't ever fool yourself. You can't do it by yourself. For some people, you need to ask who's going to be my Rahab. Who was Rahab? Rahab was the prostitute that was living on the wall. And she let the spies come and she hid them when they were looking for them. Who is going to be your Rahab? For some people, your Rahab is going to be the person that is in your land that you're supposed to be possessing. And they're sick of the situation there, but they know you're the one that, they can, that can save them. 
they're sick of what the boss is doing, but they know you're supposed to be the CEO. And so they're going to help you. They're ready to help you. They're ready to help you with transition. They're ready to tell you the details that nobody else knows. They're ready to protect you. Who is your Rahab in the land you're supposed to be possessing? Number five, and this is very important. A key responsibility, and we always tend to forget this. Whenever you are possessing the land, a key responsibility is that you remember where you're coming from. What did you leave? What did you leave? How did life used to look like? How did life used to look like? <laughs> How did life used to look like? Don't forget, don't be numb to where you came from. Because if you don't understand where you, and, and remember where you came from, you will never be able to appreciate where you are. With the Israelites, the scripture says that I'm taking you from a land where you put the seed in the ground and you, you put your feet on it. And I'm taking you to a land that has an open heaven, abundance. Don't forget where you came from. God was so adamant with the Israelites. He said, pass on what I've done for you to your children. Continue to pass it on from generation to generation. Don't forget what God has done for you. The battles he's taking you out of, the rejections, the yeses, the noes. We had a series on testimony for a reason. Share it. Pass it on. A lot of us are in the bondages and a lot of us are lost because our parents never shared what God did for them to us. They've forgotten. A lot of us don't really value where we are in life. A lot of us don't even value our name because we don't even know where it came from. If your name is Faith, why is it Faith? Appreciate it. Why is my name Faith? Where are you coming from? Don't forget. Do not forget where you're coming from. Where you're coming from keeps you grounded, it keeps you focused. It keeps you humbled. The Israelites always struggled with this. At every single point, there was always a questioning. There was always a, wow, you know, I think we're better off as slaves. We're better off as slaves. I want you to, to really deep this and understand this, everyone. When it comes to moving from a place to another place, it's not going to be easy. When God is molding you, it doesn't feel good. And let's be real. Where we're coming from, we found comfort in it. We can be saying possessing the land, possessing the land, but the reality is that we're not really even comfortable with the land we're going to possess. We're stuck to where we're coming from. And so even saying that is even a faith declaration because we're stepping out of a place of comfort into a place of a greater dimension of greater responsibility, of greater calling, of greater anointing, of greater, uh, just a greater. And so it's very easy for us to maybe even remember where we're coming, back, coming from, but almost idolize it. So don't idolize where you're coming from. Remember it, but don't idolize it. Remember it, but don't idolize it. The band can come up. Number six. This is one of the biggest responsibilities, I believe, and I was saying this in the first service, of anyone who's possessing the land. Is that you have to cry out. You have to cry. Everybody say it. Cry out. That's the sermon topic. You have to cry out. The Lord helped me understand as I was reading over scripture that one of the biggest issues with the Israelites is that they forgot to cry out. They cried out to be delivered, but they didn't cry out to be sustained. They cried out to be delivered, but they didn't cry out for the abundance. They cried out as slaves, but they didn't cry out as people who are going to be possessing a land. Do not forget to cry out. 
And why is this? Because your cry out is a currency. Your crying out is a currency. Many of us don't even know how to cry out. <laughs> Many of us don't know how to cry out. We're so stuck in our life, stuck in our situations that we think it's so normal. Stuck in our bondage that we think it's fine. Stuck in our patterns that we've accepted it. Your tears aren't a cry out. I'm talking about a cry out that says to God, where I am right now is not where I'm supposed to be. A cry out that says to God that I know there's something better for my life than where I am right now. A cry out that says, God, you need to use me for my family. A crowd that says, I have to stand out. I have to be the one that changes and breaks the curses upon my family. You see, the thing about crying is that crying out is that it's a mixture. It's a mixture of a lot of things. It's not necessarily fully emotion. It's not, it's not emotion because if we if it was just based off of emotion, a lot of us are crying out every single day. Let's be real. It's not just based off of emotion. It's based off of knowing that there's something that's stopping you from possessing your land. That where you are right now doesn't make sense. You see, when the Israelites cried out, it was because there was a suffering that they realized, how can we be suffering? You see, you can't cry out if you don't reflect enough. If you don't reflect enough on your struggle if you don't reflect enough on your family, if you don't reflect enough on your career or where you are in life, you can't cry out correctly. The cry is so important. The cry creates promise. It creates promise. Many of us, if we're not careful, we'll continue walking the way we're walking for the rest of our lives. Because if you're not careful, and you have to understand this, your cry out is going to literally allow God to remember what he's promised you. So if you don't cry out at all, you're just going to be walking the same way you're walking, hoping that something comes out. The Israelites, day in, day out, for 400 years, for 400 years slaved in their land, for 400 years, accepted the oppression. For 400 years, thought to themselves, well, I guess this is what we're supposed to be, slaves in this land. But then there was a realization that this does not make sense. How did we even get here in the first place? Was it always like this for my father and mother? Where did the oppression come from? And they cried out. <laughs> and they cried out. The cry out was the difference. I want you to just think for 30 seconds. Think where you are right now. Think about it, where you are right now. Because I need you to appreciate, appreciate your cry. Put some fault to your cry. Like what I said last week, there's a spiritual anger that you have when you pray sometimes. It goes with crying as well. When you cry out, there's something swelling it. But it's not from emotion, it's a divine backing that's following it. I love the story of Jabez so much. The story of Jabez is so amazing because when you see Jabez, and I was reading the, the different translations, this just came to me. As I, was, as I was looking at different translations of it, it said that Jabez was an honorable man. Jabez was greater than his brother's. But the scripture says, but his name. But his name. And I began to reflect. Let's go to Ty, trust me. I began, to, I began to reflect, what is the but in my life? He was an honorable man, even more than his brothers, but something disqualified the before. And then if you look at another translation, it says, once he realized that was the thing that was the but, it says, Jabez cried out to God. And what's funny about the translation says, it says, because of the name that his mom 
gave him while she bore him in pain. And then it says, but Jabez cried out. So you see, there's a but that disqualifies what you're called to, the great things about you. But your cry out can create another but. Your cry out can create another but. So yes, your situation may eliminate what's good about you. But your cry out can eliminate your situation. That is the importance of crying out. I want us to stand up this afternoon. You know, even as I was thinking right now, In Exodus 2, 23 to 25, I want to read the scripture. And I want to read it from the, it might be not, not, not on here, but the amplified version. Because I want to give us a moment to just pray. Exodus 2, 23 to 25. I'm going to read the New King James Version, but then I'll read the amplified. It says, now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage. And they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard the groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. I'll read the Amplified Version. Now it happened after a long time, about 40 years, that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel groaned and sighed because of the bondage. And they cried out. And their cry for help because of their bondage ascended to God. So God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the part I want us to understand and really pay attention to in the Amplified. You just listen to me. God saw the sons of Israel and God took notice of them and was concerned about them. Knowing all understanding all and remembering all because of their cry. Because of their cry, God remembered his covenant. Knowing all, understanding all, and remembering all. For the next 30 seconds, I want us to just cry out. Because I want you to realize your cry is what can cause God to remember the promise he has upon your family. Your cause can be the thing, your cry can be the thing that causes God to put favor upon your life. Some of you, you're not walking in your promise yet because you haven't cried out. <laughs> oh, you don't have to remember your fathers or mothers. I believe the Israelites did not even know anything. Did not know anything about their fathers and mothers. But their cry made the God of yesterday, today, and forevermore remember from a long time ago what the cry was, what the promise was. Come on, I don't hear y'all. Some of y'all, your cry, your life depends on your cry. Some of y'all, your life depends on your cry. Some of us, our lives depend on our cry. I don't know if I need to add fuel to your fire. If you're not where you're supposed to be, if you're not where you're supposed to be, I want you to really think about it. God, why am I where I am right now? Why is it I'm here right now? Why is it I'm here right now? I'll give you some more context. I'll help you guys a little bit more. I'll help you out a little bit more. We know the story of Hannah, right? Hannah would come to Shiloh every single year, barren. The Lord, it says in scripture that the Lord closed her womb. But it wasn't until Hannah cried out that God remembered her. So the thing is that what disqualified Hannah all these years is that she did not cry out. So I dare you just for 30 seconds, allow God to remember what is the situation you've been praying for the past year or two years. 
Come on, God Church. This is for your family. Cry out. Cry out. Cry out. Cry out. Cry out. Come on. Claim your promises. Claim your promises. Claim your promises. Promises for your family. For financial abundance. Cry out. Cry out. There's still another level. I'll give you some more understanding. If you look at the scripture, we see the story of Hagar. Oh my goodness. Because I think there's some people in here that need to realize that your cry out doesn't just allow God to remember the promises, but your cry out also allows God to begin a promise. If you look at the story of Hagar, and when it comes to Hagar, it said that Abraham sent Hagar and her son away. And as Hagar and her son were walking away, and she, he needed water for the son, the son, the baby cried out. And at that moment, God said, because of the cry, I will make you a great nation. So my thing is that your cry out can create a promise for even you. It can start with you based on your cry. So right now for the next 30 seconds, come on, I want you to cry out, God, I want to promise right now. I want to promise right now. Come on, cry out, God, it has to be different for me. I can't be going through the bondage, the thing that has disqualified me. Oh Lord, I decree and I declare, Lord, I cannot deal with this. Deliver me from this thing. Lord, I decree, Heavenly Father God, hear my cry, 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 cry. And God heard the cries of the gap church. He heard the cries of the gap church for my life, for the metroplex, for the metroplex. Revival had to come because of the cries of a church called the gap church. Oh, because of the cries of Oluwajara David, something new had to start. The generation of power had to come up. A great nation had to be birthed. Cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out. If you need to get a little bit angry, if you need to get a little bit angry, if you need to get a little bit angry, oh, think about the bondage, think about the mishaps, the rejections, the injuries, the things that have been against you. God, not anymore. Oh, cry out, cry out, cry out. You must set me apart. You must set me apart. You must make me a great nation. You must make me a great nation. You must make me a great nation. Oh, you must break my curse. You must break my chain. You must deliver my family. God, he hears your cry. He hears your cry. He hears your cry. I must be successful. 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 Just spare me two minutes. I want you to understand this. You see, when it comes to parents and they have a baby, they can be in a room full of other children and they can be in a whole nother room. A parent can be in a whole nother room. Their, their kids can be in a, in a preschool, whatever, or daycare. But here's the reality. They can hear a cry from the daycare and know it's their child. So I want you to realize your cry has uniqueness to God. As his children, when he hears your cry, he knows that Dara's calling. When he hears your cry, he knows Bisola's calling. When he hears your cry, he knows Eniola's calling. When he hears your cry, he knows that Lolade's calling. So for the next 30 seconds, your unique cry can make a way for you. When God hears your cry, he knows that you're calling. Oh, he knows that you're calling. For the next 30 seconds, for the next 30 seconds, Go ahead and cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out, 
Cry out, oh, cry out to what about? Oh, cry out for your spouse, cry out for your business, cry out for your family, cry out for your documents, cry out for your calling, cry out for your degree. Cry out, oh, cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out, your mother and your father, they didn't cry out for you, they didn't cry out for your generation, so cry out for yourself, there's a new promise, there's a promise, an open heaven of promises, cry out, oh, cry out, Cry out! He hears your cry! He hears your cry! Oh, he hears your cry! Okay, then. When the righteous cry out, he delivers you. When the righteous cry out, he delivers. Oh, if my people would humble themselves and cry. If my people would humble themselves and cry. Cry out. Cry out. You should have been dead. Cry out. You should have been dead. Cry out. Cry out. Cry out for your children. Cry out against them. Cry out against fairness. Cry out for your testimony. Cry out for your testimony. Cry out for your testimony. Lift it up and let soul. Cry out. Cry out. Cry out. Cry out. Oh, let me cut your head and let me let You see, this is why crying out is a responsibility of those that are possessing. And this is why I said you will never stop crying out. Because in this season, your cry out can be a cry out of help. But there's something called a war cry. Oh, there's something called a war cry. You see, if you read scripture, it says on the seventh day when you walk around, Jericho it says the scripture says do a war cry and you see the difference between a war cry and a regular cry out is because I believe that God wants to turn your cry into a war cry <laughs> the difference is that a regular cry is a cry of help but a war cry is a cry of victory oh my god a war cry is of assurance a war cry is finished and sealed so I believe God wants to turn your cry into a war cry. The cry of sorrow, the cry of depression, the cry of lack into a war cry of abundance, into a war cry of greatness, into a war cry for your children. I believe that God wants to do an exchange of your war to a, of your cry to a war cry. So I'm gonna give you 30 more seconds and accept the transformation of right now from the cry to become a war cry. So cry out, cry out, let your cry become a war cry. Let your cry become a war cry. Relay my time. Let your cry become a war cry. Repay if my church cries out because of your cries, because of your cries, there was revival. Because of your cries, there's fire. Oh, he hears your cry. He hears your cry. Oh, what's up, Repetit, I am a cat of the day, Rokota, but I am a Rokoshe, the Gatta, Rokota, the 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 Rokota
Because of your prize, he says in promise, the promise is coming forth. The promise is coming forth. Retepa, Rona na madala bashoto, Rokelebeja, Rokata la basha, Opa. Thirty more seconds. Thirty more seconds. Thirty more seconds. Hey, Rapa, Oka, Wata, Hapa, Hapa, Reke, Omada la Bashata, Rota Takata, Roka la Bashoto, Repe la Bashota, Hopa la Bashata, Rokote le Besha, Omana la Madalaba, Repe Seke, Oyanamada la Basho, Oh, Oka Bashata, Ropasha, Rekelebesho, Tokodi Alabada la Basso, Repete. Your childhood, was, your childhood wasn't the greatest, but your cry can change things for your children. Your background wasn't the greatest, but your cry can change things. <laughs> Students start off the best, but your cry can change things. Oh, Rampandala Basota. Oh, Yadamandala Basoto. Oh, Rapata. <laughs> we come against every but, every but, our cry, our cry comes against every but. Oh, Mataya Labashoto, you haven't had the best relationships, but your cry makes a difference. Your cry makes a difference. Just, just one minute. Direction, I want everybody on their knees. Everybody on their knees. One, just one minute. This is how we're gonna end this message. Because when nobody else is looking, this is what's gonna be your posture. You see, it's easy to cry out standing up when there's people around you and you're dressed nice. But God is looking for the cry out that is submissive on your knees. That's submissive on your knees. That's submissive on your knees. So I believe in the next 30 seconds that this next cry it's gonna be a prophetic cry. And I want you to think, bring to mind, bring to mind, what are you crying out for? You're receiving strength for this last cry. You're receiving strength for this last cry. You're receiving strength for this last cry. Because this, this cry is going to be the template of what a lifetime of crying is going to look like. Let's go. One, two. Everybody cry out. Come on. Cry out. Cry out. Cry out for your family. Cry out for your parents. Cry out for your children. Cry out for your business. Cry out for your life. For your abundance. For success. Cry out. Cry out. God hears your cry. Your promise. Repay. Cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out, 
I want to ask y'all real quick, do y'all permit me just to go a little bit over? Do y'all permit me just to go a little bit over? Okay. Two more things. Oh, he hears your cry, 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 he hears your cry. The promise is coming, your land is coming, the promise has been made, the revival is here, the promise has been made, you qualified yourself for the promise. Your qualification is here. Your qualification is here. Oh, oh, he hears your cry. He hears your cry. He hears your cry. He hears your cry. The qualification is here. You've been qualified because of your cry. Oh, don't stop crying. Don't stop crying out. Make it verbal. It says cry out, don't just cry, cry out, 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 out. There has to be a vocal aspect, it has to come out, not just a cry, but out, out. Repay Alamadoko Shapa. Oh, repay Alamadaba. Come on, Rukota. Oh, Mandalabasha. Cry out, come on, cry out, come on, cry out. We're almost there. Oh, cry out. This is your part where you have to tarry a little bit, where you have to press a little bit. Oh, Mandela Bashoto. Cry out. Come on, come on, cry out, come on. Cry out, come on. Cry out, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Cry out, 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 cry out. I believe God is saying for many people in here, your cry out has qualified you. Your cry out has qualified you. 
Your cry out has qualified your business. Your cry out has qualified your career. Your cry out has qualified your children. Oh, God is saying that there's promises that are being started today. He's made some promises just today because of your cry, because of your cry. He's saying, how easy was that? Just to cry out, stop holding it in. Stop holding it in, stop normalizing the pain and the trauma. Stop normalizing the patterns. Stop normalizing the failures. Cry out. to realize and understand this as we're going into this last week of this fast this is the standard the prayers that are going to be prayed this week requires you to cry out requires you to cry out if you don't have a reason make your next generation the reason if you don't have a reason make your children the reason if you don't have a reason make your family the reason but this week is requiring you to cry out is requiring you an extra level of authority. Heavenly Father, we just say thank you, God, because you hear our cries. You hear our cries, Heavenly Father. So Heavenly Father, God, just as you acknowledged and remembered your children once they cried out, Heavenly Father, Lord, acknowledge and remember us acknowledge remember and understand where we're coming from heavenly father god we decree heavenly father every promise that wasn't picked up by our parents picked up by our grandparents heavenly father god because of our cries today god we pick it up lord god remember us heavenly father i pray heavenly father god because of our cry even the promises that are starting today heavenly father we pray heavenly father help us to steward him we pray, Heavenly Father, God, we'll never forget to stop crying out. God, we will not turn our cries into complaints at any point. God, what we cry out for, we'll never complain about. God, continue to remind us of the times we've cried out. Remind us of how we cried out, what we cried out for, Heavenly Father. We'll never forget what we cried out for. Just very briefly, what I want to do is, if there's anyone online or in person, I want to give you the opportunity to come into relationship with Jesus Christ. So if that's you, I want you to say these things with me, these words. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Help me to know you better. As I accept you today, take over my heart and dwell in me. Forgive me of my old days and help me to change to the person that you want me to be. I love you, Lord, and I proclaim that you are my God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just go ahead. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.